Welcome to the Francisca Show podcast. This is Francisca speaking, and today we have an awesome guest, Miriam Leigh Gamaliel. Originally trained in musical theater, she's one of the instrumental producers behind ATARA, organization for women to collaborate in conference and other projects since 2007, disseminating in newsletter. Okay, I don't d- disseminating in the newsletter. Do you- <laughs> Also, it's, I mean, I have to say that it's meant to be a community for, um, to promote Torah observance. And so only one of the issues is that women have to do things like that are women only. But we also, it's also important to emphasize that we believe in ethical big business practice and observing laws like Shabbat. Just so happens that most of the women in the arts are the ones who um, who have the extra needs to like have sort of extra scaffolding for support in careers in the arts. And so it ends up seeming like it's women only. Um, okay, but- we'll, we'll talk all about that in a little bit. I just want to introduce you more and finish all the stuff. Yeah, I just figured about like, in case it's like- <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay, so Miriam Leia is originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She studied and performed throughout high school and college before becoming observant, including training at the Pennsylvania Governor's School for the Arts, two years of a BFA, and appearances as Anne Frank, Audrey in Little Shop, and in professional productions. Her commitment to Colisha in 1997 led her to 10 years of non-arts pursuits, including an undergraduate degree from Barnard, master's degrees in library science, and Jewish history, and work as a university Jewish studies librarian. Since the formation of Atara in 2007, she has directed and produced events for women in religious capacity in New York, Israel, and Montreal, including Atara weekends, open mic nights, theater productions, and a woman-only feature film in 2009, and ran an after-school arts program in Brooklyn before moving to Montreal in 2013. She has been recognized as one of Jewish Week's 36 Under 36 Young Innovators, New York Foundation for the Arts, NYFA Arts Administrators, and has received several independent grants and fellowships. She's currently working toward a doctorate in school administration through Yeshiva University with a special interest in the cognitive and emotional strength in the cognitive and emotional strengths of the creatively gifted. She hopes to use her degree to help creative students in the Orthodox community, and as the network of observant artists grows, to eventually be able to perform musical theater of rich Jewish content. She thanks Francisca and all the amazing women who are paving the way for a strong and awesome community of observant artists. Wow, Miriam and let's announce your fresh new addition to your life, your home family life, and I think we heard a little bit of her. It's so funny because I know everybody thinks that I'm just like, you know, 19 and all, but I, God, I sound like I, I, I must be really old. <laughs> like so many of that, so much of like what you read was just like so long ago. And I'm like, oh my goodness, now I'm just mommying. And I mean, I'm doing, you know, I'm working on my, my degree and I'm, you know, doing what I do on Facebook, trolling around Facebook all the time. Um, well, welcome to our show to start. Thank you. And Mazel Tov on Mayan Orly, was their third name? Um, Ita. 
Mayan Ita Orly. Mayan Ita Orly. So we have her on the show here. You might be hearing bits of her in the background. Mm. And so welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here. You truly represent a strong female leader in the arts industry, in the Jewish community. And it's such an honor to have you here. We have so much to learn from you and we want to hear a lot from you. So... (laughs) So let's start uh, from your journey to finding Judaism and how it affected your career. Hmm. Um, so I went to um, Hebrew University my junior year of college, and um, it actually started because I um, wasn't allowed to go to France. My original dream was to be, you know, Grace Kelly, like some princess who was an actress who was also a princess. Um, But because I was a fine arts, I mean, I was an arts major, I couldn't go to France, I had too many arts credits. And so I ended up going to Jerusalem. And, um, and then I just I'm the type of person that wants to, you know, take things seriously, learn about my heritage. And, um, and so I would go to a lot of classes and and I was pretty open minded. So I wasn't writing off Judaism, you know, I, even if I didn't know, you know, enough about it. Um, and um, so I would I would go to classes and I also would go to the bars on Thursday night um, and listen to the Moshav band. And I think that that was one of the door openers for me is that the band members were um were were wearing kippahs and tzitzit and it was like well that's just not something that i was familiar with like how could the musicians be religious you know aren't religious people weird and (laughs) you know dress differently so that sort of was a door opener so you know the the philosophical um you know, the theories of, of, of making the world a better place. Like I just, I was really into like the the ideas of Judaism, learning, um, learning more about, um, not as much halacha at that point, but just, you know, I guess what they, what they give to Balchubas, you know, all the good stuff, all the like juicy stuff. Um, they don't, they don't bog them down with like what you're not allowed to do. And in tons of pictures, you know, I was, really not really modestly dressed but they nobody ever said anything um and then um so I slowly just you know I thought I just liked Judaism that was sort of like how I came back I liked Judaism I thought it was okay to be religious because the Moshav band were tzitzit you know and um and I and then I went back to Israel um four years later to learn in yeshiva and um and it was it was made clear to me that was um the time that it was made clear that like music was not really something that was a priority. Um, and, um, and I remember, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, that's how I first became religious. And then, um, um, I guess maybe I, I don't have to keep talking about that unless you wanted to know how like the journey that I got to today, cause I really did give up performing yes, um, I for hear a long all time. <laughs> And it was because I really was made to believe that, like, there was just something wrong with it. You know, it was like women don't sing unless they're singing to their children. And at the time, I clearly didn't have any children. So it just was 
you know, I just, there was, there was really no outlet, you know, and I, and I try, what, what happened is that in, in my yeshiva, I decided, you know, let's make a, a fundraiser for the yeshiva because, you know, I sing and there was someone else who had some background. And so I gathered people from different yeshivas. Um, and we all like, you know, sort of either played the guitar or sang something. And it was like a little, you know, mini version of like a Tara for yeshiva girls. Um, and, um, and I just remember the Rebbitzin saying to me, like, you know, great. Well, now we'll see you in class again tomorrow. And like, now, you know, your priority or something like, you know, I said, like, I'm so glad that we raised this money for the yeshiva. And like, instead of saying, wow, you have so much talent, you know, like, wow, this is so incredible what you're able to do to serve Hashem. She was like, okay, great. Well, you know, I'm glad you have your priorities straight and you'll be back in class tomorrow. And like, it was just this really like, um, what I think is just, you know, a misinterpretation of Torah, misunderstanding. I'm not going to judge, um, people who, you know, believe that, um, that the arts are not, you know, ways to serve Hashem, but it was, you know, the more I, um, met people who were observant, who had a background in the arts, the more it concerned me and the more I really felt like this was something that, you know, like needs to be addressed. And, um, and that led to, um, you know, I guess, um, there were a few other steps along the way where I had a rabbi and I, at the time I didn't, didn't really understand the differences between the yeshivish outlook and the modern Orthodox. So there was a modern Orthodox rabbi, um, who supported, you know, a theater club at his shul. And I, and I really wanted to, this was like the first time in 10 years that I had done anything publicly and, you know, no one, um, no one was really taking leadership of this little club. And so it fell to me and I was, that was great. I was like, great. Well, if I'm going to run this, then I want to do a musical. And, um, and then after that musical, like just tons of, tons of people came from different communities to be part of it. Um, you know, like just to just for the auditions and for the rehearsals, people came in from it was in New York, so it was in Manhattan. So people came in from New Jersey and Queens and um and and at the end, you know, that was really where we realized, you know, there's just there's it, this is not just me, you know, there's a lot of people that need this and um and then we just wanted to make a community and that was you know, sort of the start of just reaching out to other people who were doing things in the arts. Um, and that's how I became religious and sort of started defying, (laughs) wasn't that I was defying religion, but it was as I was navigating, you know, I really felt like I, I totally, um, adopted observance, um, to a pretty high degree. Um, but then it just, and I gave up, you know, I gave up, um, a lot of, um, I gave up singing, I gave up performing and, um, but I, but I, but now I sort of like, I hope that I didn't make up something new in religion, but that there's not something wrong with, um, the arts per se, as long as it's conducted and, you know, according to Torah, um, and, you know, bringing us to a place of greater joy, which I think is a Torah value. I think that Simcha, um, Simcha is a Torah value. Um, and so it's, yeah, so that's sort of like my journey <laughs> in like 
two minutes. <laughs> That's amazing. And I applaud you for all your hard work. And sometimes you do need a refreshing perspective from the outside to come in and really create change to communities that don't like change. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming. You have no idea how grateful I am that Atar exists. Hmm. Um, well, it's so interesting because, yeah, the first year, it was like this novel, like, wow, you know, this is such a novel concept, the arts and Judaism. And, but then, you know, it sort of, hit a lot of challenge because modern Orthodox people didn't really care all too much that, that there was women's only, like they were like, you know, that's not that important. And, and then, um, and then the yeshivish, you know, more, more, more um, right wing were like, there's really something wrong with what you're doing. You know, women aren't supposed to perform at all. Like this is not modest you know, this material's not kosher enough. This is the, like, just nothing was kosher enough because we, and, and, and we were just trying to find, you know, like we really had voices on both extremes and we really had to say, you know, we need to, we need to find a middle, a middle, a middle road, you know, as the Rambam says, like, we need to say, you know, like there needs to be, the needs of the artists need to be met um, and the needs of religion needs to be met. Um, but religion is going to have different hashkafas and we need to be respectful and open to the fact that there are different hashkafas. And, um, and then in terms of the arts, you know, you just can't tell a dancer, you know, you're not allowed to move your shoulder. Like it's just not understanding the concept of dance, you know, that, that, that the body is not being used in a seductive way. The body is being used as a paintbrush, um, like it's, it's like an art form and people aren't, it's not, it's demeaning to say that the body is just like there as a body. It's, it's a, it's a form of art that, through movement. And, and so, so there's just, you know, there's just di different ways we need to like, we need to understand how the arts and how, like how Hashem created these abilities and how, we can then use them in a proper way because Hashem created the abilities that we have in the arts and, and they beautify people's lives. You know, dance is very exhilarating and you can't just get that from, from eating kosher food. Like it's just, <laughs> you like to have to be really moved, emotionally moved and changed and, and, and feel joy you can achieve that through watching and through and through through engaging in the arts and through experiencing just watching performances and that's not that's not small you know that's not something that we need to say is nothing and and i i don't know how it works exactly with torah because i don't think that it's a field that has been completely studied from a torah perspective but i think that it's owed that attention. It really is a very important um, way to serve Hashem and to beautify the world. And, you know, just like the Rambam studied medicine, you know, I mean, I do think that like the arts. Well, we did have the Levim playing in the base of Mikdash. We did have Pumped. David Amelech, Pumped. who was exactly. a musician. We had and Miriam with the that. tambourines and they're all Pumped. dancing with Shiru Hashem when they, after they crossed 
or during the crossing exactly. of the Red Sea. Punt. So there's and definitely also Yeshabach is this prayer. Like when we say every morning, you know, when we say Sukkot um, Zemra, like we're supposed to be starting davening with songs and I like the bracha of Yishtabach is baracha Hashem, you know like the the creator of song and it's like a blessing of song it's like the whole psukit zimra is a service that is meant meant to be sung and we don't even sing it in Nabach, you well know? we did like, sing it we <laughs> sang it in Moscow <laughs> we had a tune to it um, so, Miriam, so we clearly have a problem here that's established, and clearly everyone who is in the conference appreciates the conference and is very pro-conference. However, there are always going to be people who, who will push back and who will say it's not kosher. My question is, well, are so there much people... anymore. I feel so, like now, oh, okay. after 10 years, it's like everybody and their extended family want music and dance classes for their three-year-olds, you know, I mean, at like Borough Park has like pop-up, you know, music and arts programs, like every Sunday programs, you know, it's called the Sunday programs. And like, they're just, Bor- Borough Park is like all into it, you know, I mean, you can't get more. Well, they've always than- been into productions and Basiakov's always had mm-hmm. their productions. On the children's level, it's definitely been there. I wouldn't say. Oh, I guess that's a That good they got the best education and anything you're doing mainstream might not be, you know, the best level if you're trying to teach Chumash and and math and dance and and recorder, you might not get everything on the best level. But on the children's level, I think they, we've always had some art exposure, but there's definitely a lack of nourishing environment for adults and people who want to pursue it more professionally and seriously in life. So hmm. you definitely filled the gap that's been around. We've established the issues and the challenges. However, I want to learn more about what's going on now, what's happening, how has it changed? I feel like there's been a lot of change in the past year, a lot of development and improvement. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear, I want to get the inside scoop on what's going on in Atara, how things are changing. And I have a few more follow-up questions after that. Sure. Um, so I, so literally 10, I mean, 10 years ago is a long time ago in, um, in the language of technology. So people who had like computers that were 10 years old, I mean, it's like people get computers every, you know, there's updates to technology every six months or, and so the, um, the amount of technology that we've been had, access to in the last year, you know, last few years has changed the face of, of the community for the Torah observant people, also for the Torah observant arts community, as it has changed the face of the world and all communities. So, um, so we started a Facebook group, um, maybe five, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, you know, sort of early, early ish. And, um, and it was a great way to collaborate for people to talk and post. And it wasn't just coming from, you know, the few of us that were creating the events, but anybody could post and chat. And, but now Facebook has become an entire world where you can, there's this group called Kolisha, which really has brought thousands of people together because 
it's a space where everyone can post videos of themselves. And I had been, because, because there were some men, you know, in the Atar group, people weren't really posting videos. Maybe it was a mistake. I'm not saying it wasn't a lot of people in Atara wanted it to be women only. And I was really just very clear about the fact that I wasn't, I mean, I don't know. I guess I just feel like it's a Torah issue. It's not just a women's issue. It's, you know, that, that there are also boys and that who maybe, maybe what you're saying is um, true that the, for adult women, it's more of a problem, but for, um, children, maybe it's more of a problem for boys, um, because once, once um, you know, people pursue a career, men can go into careers of music, but women can't. Whereas in school, boys have a harder time expressing themselves in the arts. Um, but I guess, that I guess I true. just didn't see the arts as like a women-only issue because of Shabbat and because of you know just. There were other issues like ethical business practice and um, heter iska and things like that. So, but Kol Isha is obviously one of them. Um, but now, you know, it's like because it's become predominantly women, um, it's really not. I don't know if it's. I don't know. You know, now with Kol Isha being able to connect people who are in music and dance, you know, it's sort of hard, harder to feel relevant. You know, and and I and so. There is the the incredible experience of the conference. I'm not going to say that it's not really incredible to to create relationships with people who share the same you know outlook and struggles. But because of technology, because of Facebook, because we can be connected so much more easily, there's less. Um, you know, it used to be that we would have to come together from different cities in order to meet each other. You know, we all lived in different area, geographic areas and we couldn't be together unless we came in person. Whereas now through Facebook, we do have a sense of getting to know each other, even if we don't live in the same city. That's so true. it's, you know, I, I, I do struggle with, you know, whether Atara is relevant. relevant. Yes, yeah, yes, like, yes. Mariam, Hold Mariam on. So <laughs> Miriam Leia, you are so relevant and Atara is so relevant. Let me tell you why. So as much as Kolisha provides a platform and is as much as it is for the women who are doing this professionally, it's also open to women who just want to fool around and post a video of themselves singing in their kitchen using a broom as a microphone. But um, what Atara's I feel like where Atara should be heading, or I they might be heading already there. So I met Henya through Atara. I met you. I met Rivka Harris. There's so many women who are looking out for the interests of women who are pursuing the arts professionally or as a career. And, um, and Atara really is already providing certain services. I would say Atara is for the professional musicians but see that's the thing is that in in the best world you know there is something to actually provide on a professional level but in in reality you know we're we are all from within the orthodox community we are all artists ourselves who you know what what our strength was was just 
meeting each other, like having community, you know, like coming, like, like having each other and saying, you know, like giving, giving the encouragement to say like, you know, listen, like if there's not an opportunity for you, then you need to stand up and you need to make the opportunity for yourself or you need to join. And, and like the networking where it's like this one, you know, is creating a school and this one wants to attend a school, you know, and this one wants to, you know, it was like connecting different people or like, you know, this one wants to, you know, write a play and this one wants to be in a play, you know, or whatever, like just saying, you know, how can, how can we be stronger as a community? But in terms of providing a career, what needs to happen for that is that the, um, the mainstream supporters of the arts, you know, not the artists themselves, but the, you know, people who can pay, you know, um, pay for flights and, you know, pay, pay, um, performance, you know, costs and things like that, you know, that people who can support the artists, that's, what's going to turn the tide for people who can have a career. Um, because if you can perform all you want, but if no one's going to buy your, buy your music or, or, or pay for you to perform, then you can be, a singer as a hobby but not as a profession like meaning to have a profession you need to get paid to do it I agree 100% could I cut you off here I just have okay so Atara can't be the one you know setting up those high quality performances paying for the stages lighting sound etc what Atara can do is find a supply of okay so producers is number one find booking agents or people who know about the music industry how about converting the people working in the male industry into the female industry people who are organizing (laughs) concerts we need we need people who know the music business and there are people in the male industry who already know what's going on okay girls and women want to go to events especially Moses Shabbos in the wintertime or you know Sunday afternoons the long Sunday afternoons or some on other random times. If if there is an infrastructure of people providing services like talent agents and managers, booking agents, we don't have any of these right now representing the female the female right. segment. So if we can incorporate into Atara people who do know this industry and do have skills to really help uh, the women. And it, it shouldn't have to be, it shouldn't have to be, oh, you have to hire them. You need $10,000 to get started. It should be, you know, consignment type or commission, you know, let's set something up. And then I make a little bit, you make a little bit. And it's not about Atara creating business, but it, because you're connecting people and you're creating a networking environment to try to find the people who know more of the business end of it, connecting them. Yeah to the perform the performing artists in terms of the future i feel like there um to there's a requirement to step back and say that if every single jewish person was living at their utmost capability in terms of being observant and expressing themselves artistically like that would be 
the vision like that would be you know so that that's going to include all the current performers on broadway you know and the composers and all those people are probably jewish you know like a ton of people are jewish not all but you know there's a ton of people in the new york industry maybe even hollywood that are that are jewish and if they start keeping shabbos then what's going to happen right like there needs to be a sense that like you know we can um use art in the service of Hashem. And it, so it's more than just like, yes, it's it's having careers and hopefully like, you know, agents will, you know, have, but like the career would be, um, the ideal though would not be to be like overwhelmed by career as in and of itself, but rather that we're from Jews and we are we are composing or creating or performing because that is talent that Hashem gave us. And, and we need to find ways to, um, you know, to like, to, to, to actualize our potential as human beings in this world. Well, you and, know what my opinion on this is, is that whoever's yes, already part of Atara is be, usually because they're already keeping Shabbos and Kolish or whatever is relevant to their career as a musician and they so they are already Shomer Shabbos for example right that's step one and they're already doing it clearly for the arts and for their love for the arts and not because they're here for the money so I understand your vision in terms of recreating the the way people look at arts and making it to serve Hashem I think people who are doing that and are part of Atara are doing that as yeah. their service to Hashem. So we definitely have that going on. So the yeah. way to get it and make it more, to scale this, if we're able mm-hmm. to make this an actual career that brings dignity to the musicians and to the performers mm-hmm. by being able to support themselves with the art, we will make this and revolutionize by making this a sustainable career. Right now, mm-hmm. this is a hobby for most people because... It's not yes. bringing in enough money to sustain their lifestyles. And yeah. being a religious Jew is a more expensive lifestyle unless you But live for anybody who's listening, somewhere. just FYI, you know, if people are paying for food and people are paying for, they pay for advertising and graphics, <laughs> then like what part of listening to music is not that like changes like your mood and you don't even need therapy if you can listen to good music and like all of the like music can be healing it brings like it brings so much good into the world that like people should realize that this why should artists not be paid for their incredible you know the 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 beauty that they're bringing into the world that is not nothing you can be you can sit there and eat meat and potatoes all you want but like you know <laughs> like 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 that's not what life is about like 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 if you want to do something that's like brings joy then then you might have to pay for that too if you want to go to, to holomoid activities at an amusement park you know you could sit and have that whenever you put put in a cd and you have you know like the i don't know they're just like the appreciation of music is um needs to be I think increased because people somehow think that they can get that for free um, and they have to pay for food, but they can get music for free. And that's a hundred percent true. And it's also true across the spectrum in the non-Jewish world, if I may say so myself. Also, mm-hmm. another issue we have is that people themselves aren't paying for their music 
For example, if a, if a community or nonprofit organization brings you in for their event, the people who are attending the event and watching the music are experiencing it for free. So they're not being exposed to the pay for your entertainment at mm. all. You have one person's check paying for that experience. So we're definitely not educating the market to have to pay for their entertainment. And mm. it's definitely an issue across the spectrum of the industry in general. So I definitely agree this is a huge challenge. And um, where people do pay for it personally is when they download an album or buy an album or when they hire a musician for a personal party where you have... Yeah, but even you could get it on YouTube. Like, honestly, you know, there is a lot. I'm not I'm not going to lie. Like, you can get music, you know, on YouTube. Like, but for good quality Jewish music, that is the difference. If you, if we want to increase, you know, if we want people not to listen to secular music and and I, now this is like a whole area of, of like controversy, but I, you know, the Isha group is, you know, what's beautiful and wonderful about the Isha group is that it allows the people who are actually writing their own music to have this platform. And especially the radio station, you know, people who spend tons of money making recordings and then like, where are they going to be played? So it's really incredible to finally have places to showcase original music. But I would say that it's still the minority and a lot of the music that people do you know, video themselves singing is secular. And this is if we want to not stop talking out of two sides of our mouth, where, you know, we're saying, oh, secular music is bad, but then it's the only thing around. So if we we like music, we have to listen to secular music and we have to perform secular music. But like the only way to, and, and this is where sort of like, maybe where I was going with the sort of serving Hashem with our abilities is that we want to be able to focus and increase on um, increase and focus on the really creating our own genre of, you know, of original stuff and whether it's theater or music or whatever, like that in, because otherwise the the best music out there is still the secular music and you know and 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 we we like so you're one of the like leading you know artists like really creating fresh stuff it's all original and it's all hebrew and it's all super great great beats and music and you know it's 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 like it's it's changing the face of the from world and Chandel, you know, I'm not going to not mention Chandel and tell us also like, you know, people th- like you guys are, are really making the, um, you know, causing a critical, like, that's like a turning point that like, there's enough music to listen to. That's actually kosher that we don't have to, um, you know, rely on like the secular world for music, which um, it's controversial. I'm not saying that secular music is across the board bad. And just for the anybody who's listening, the Rambam says it's perfectly acceptable. You know, if it's song is neutral, it's like anything, you know, something can be used for bad or or for good. Um, Something that's there is the pure holy and there's the pure bad. But like a lot of things in the world are neutral. Music is one of them. And so, you know, we're in terms of the controversy, I do, I, we cannot judge people who are, 
you know, find joy in listening to music that is not composed by Orthodox Jews. Um, that is actually halacha. Um, but, um, but that being the case, there's still a lot of people who really want everything to be original and not secular. Um, and so we're definitely working toward that. Unfortunately, I would say we definitely don't have enough original music yet because I mean, if you look at the mainstream world, people, let's say there is a song they're into, but after a week or two, they're ready for the next great song. So we are definitely not fulfilling the demand that's needed. Clearly, the market's not showing a demand. They're not expressing the demand. And to express it, <laughs> you yeah. have to be buying albums. Yeah. But, um, so, okay. You but get- I don't think secular people buy albums, e- albums either. That's what I'm saying, is that with Spotify and YouTube, it's not like people are actually buying music. Of course. They are people playing. are buying tickets are- to go to concerts. And then they'll buy a CD as memorabilia. Right. Yeah. Well, they and they do play. They do play the music, though. So it's like the artist doesn't exactly get the money, but the music is being played. Music. I mean, there's tons of industry. It's probably sales increases in the buying headphones and buying iPods department. Like people play music. Okay. So in the mainstream world, for every time their song is played in some random cleaners shop or Starbucks, they get a cent or whatever their arrangement is. They get pennies Uh, on every song that's being played anywhere, any bar, any, any like H&M. So there's definitely, there, there are big companies that do that and go around collecting the royalties. Got so it. So we're, we're definitely have not that. hit that no. market yet. <laughs> and every time a YouTube, you know, a YouTube video is watched, there's a penny or a few pennies. Oh, right. Because the sent. advertisers are buying that. And Spotify seconds. also. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, so we have just a few minutes left. You did mention Atar is also about business ethics. Can you just share a little bit about what well, yeah, I mean, about. that just goes into like the fact that I'm actually musical theater, so I'm not a recording artist, but in musical theater. Um, so I hope that's definitely an area where we need to get a lot more um, original material or material that's not um, basically being taken from the secular and just the title is being changed. I mean, this is really a hot issue. I mean, this is an issue that I think is, is was always important, but it was more important in the beginning to just focus on women having opportunities. But now women have um, way more opportunities than they did um, in, you know, a decade ago. And, but now really the concern is that um, people, um, are, are taking secular material and bringing it into the religious community with under a different title. So number one, look, we don't know if the copyright, you know, um, laws are being violated, if this material is being, you know, used because it's um, in a, maybe used for charity or something like that, but you just can't steal someone else's material, even if it's for a charity cause. Um, And so it's really important to pay copyright, understand copyright. um, And, um, and then secondly, it's taking secular material into communities that don't listen to secular material. And because the name is changed, the title of the musical has been changed and there's no credit given to the actual composers um, right. It doesn't say like this was composed by Stephen Sondheim. It's, it just says like this was composed. This was written. The song was written by, you know, Chaya Goldberg. 
Um, and meaning the lyrics were changed by Chaya Goldberg. You know, that's there are people in the religious communities that don't even realize that they're listening to secular music. Um, and I literally just had a conversation with someone and she's like, no, this was the most beautiful music. And it was about a rose. And she literally started singing to me the rose, right? <laughs> that was like made popular by Bette Midler or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a secular song. And she's like, it is. And she was shocked this is like 15 years ago you know she had this musical at her yeshiva and and they had used secular music and she hadn't even known about it and you know she lives her life as a religious mother thinking that she's feeding her kids like only kosher stuff and you know meaning she exposes them to all these videos and she had no idea that they were based based on secular music and that's a problem so there's the copyright issue and there's the ashkafa issue and it's it's so those are sort of like real issues that we're not just saying, oh, women only is the only halacha that's that's ever been invented, that's ever, you know, existed. Like, you know, we like there's there's a lot of halachas that we have to follow. And that's our, you know, first job is to be from and to be following, you know, ethical practice and then the reason why we're singing for women only is is already you know it's not even an isser on us it's an isser on the men um but you know it's 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 obviously an important isser i'm not making it i'm not making light of it but um but it's the goal is to be at least from my perspective is to be you know evde hashem and we are serving hashem with our talents um you know, because that's what Hashem gave us to serve him with. And we, and, and so like being, you know, practicing um, like ethics is also just as much a part of, you know, our being performing artists. Um, and so I'm just trying to wrap up here. <laughs> that's no, a, that's perfect. That's You're, we're, we're so over time. <laughs> I hope our listeners forgive us for that. So we definitely got an idea of what your vision for Atara is. And I guess let's close with how, if there are any listeners out there who are interested in joining Atara, can you tell us a little bit more about how to join, what the process is, if there are any commitments, obligations, or <laughs> well, anything else um, it is, again, that they it's need just, to know about before they join? It's a little bit of like a, you know, um, you you can be a part of it by basically you know just joining the Facebook group and coming to a conference. I mean, it's it's more the desire to be in the community and to and to get to know others. There's no obligation that if you're from and you're an artist that you care about other people that are from and are artists. Like maybe people are too shy or too you know, not inter disinterested and they just don't care, you know, but if you want to meet other people that have that same background, then that's what, you know, what is really so beautiful about the community. Um, and the, the goal is to really serve the needs of artists. So like you're saying, you know, this is what's needed for recording artists and that is valid. And that's, you know, what, what artists needs need is how, you know, why we sort of like started in the first place is saying, you know, that artists are people too, you know, <laughs> like, from, like these are, you know, we need to, we need to address um, this, these needs. And, and so if you do have needs and, and you want to be involved in helping, helping meet the needs of yourself and others, then, you know, you can be involved at any level. 
um, because we're all really just artists ourselves trying to say, you know, what can, how can we function as a community to make, um, make, you know, our, our lives and the Torah community, you know, a better place in the world. You know, we're just serving Hashem in the best way that we can um, through our dual, um, you know, passions and commitments of the arts um, and also Torah. Wow. Thank you so much, Miriam Leah. It's such oh, an honor you. to have you here <laughs> and to hear all your wisdom. And you really put a lot of thought and energy oh. and time and tears and sweat. I know. I just, I was involved a little bit in the preparation for that Tara conference last year. It was my first conference. And I just know how many emails a day are going around and you really put so yeah, much Yeah, the into conference this. takes a lot of work. <laughs> I, I want to thank is, you. It is great, but it, it does take like, that's why it's like, you know, and it's, it's cool. I mean, now that we have Facebook, though, I'm just like, you know, maybe I'm lazy at heart, but like now that we have Facebook, you know. No, the, the but, conference is very important because people <laughs> who don't have anywhere to perform, at least they get to perform once a year if they show up. Yeah. So and I really want to meet people Facebook in Israel. I want to meet, you know, shout out to Jeslia. I really want to meet people that I'm like, you know, became friends with, um, who I don't. I know, also want to really meet Jeslia. <laughs> I only met Shaked this time around. Isn't that amazing? Like, we just like totally just want to meet each other because it's like, you know, we really, um, I mean, I'm saying not just, you know, like two people, but like everybody who sort of speaks and communicates, um, just online you so know that, it is really cool that really validates the the importance of atara conference so don't give up on that so <laughs> important and i didn't even know the, what the facebook page was about until i realized that it wasn't a conference it was all about the conference and it made sense with the conference so definitely continue what you're doing thank you so much for everything that you are accomplishing <laughs> on our behalf the conference is also for men as well oh no 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 the, the conference is not oh, for it's men. not the conference i mean the facebook page is for men also the facebook group yeah but well so now we're it's sort not... of like rethinking that okay maybe it's like <laughs> maybe it makes no sense because what what women really need is the space but i i mean i'm happy to also support you know the cole isha stuff so i don't you know it just it's a, it was a different it, it started with a different purpose and mission and 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 it sort of it's meeting a different need point. so i hear you well we have to wrap up here i feel okay. like if anyone Thanks wants so to reach much. out to miriam leah and find out more and get involved in that tire conference and contribute we really want to hear from you miriam leah wants to hear from you shout out to henya yes. i think who's the only person right now who's doing anything to do with talent agent yeah. stuff and we need more of Henya, <laughs> we need more people like Henya. We need more people yeah. who, who could contribute on the business end of the arts. So, if you are interested in joining Atara, please do yeah. and contact us with any questions if you want to be interviewed on the show. Also, this is Francisca, and you're listening to the Francisca Show. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.